Good morning, good day, good evening, all you beautiful people, and welcome. This is Janiah Sampson, and we are live. Welcome to Janiah Sampson Live. Thank you for joining me, everyone. Today, we're going to be discussing the Four Noble Truths, as well as the Eightfold Path. And last but not least, we will go over the Middle Path, uh, Equanimity and the Tao. So let's begin. The Four Noble Truths. The first noble truth. Number one, if you are alive, you will suffer. What is meant by this? Most of us are quite aware that we humans are imperfect beings. And the world we occupy is nonetheless just as imperfect. We are, of course, pleasure-seeking animals pleasure-seeking beings. We naturally move towards what feels good and move away from what's difficult. Although, avoiding unpleasantness is a very unkind thing to do to ourselves. We heighten our displeasure. When we have an expectation, there should not be any displeasure in the first place, and we in turn fight our experience. We humans feel best when in control. But just as often, we are not in control of external matters. Our ego says it's all about us. Everything is about us. We want control, and we want what we want now. You could refer to this to, as happiness, but is it really? We humans seek satisfaction through eating and copulation, among other things, as you can imagine. Only to find that the pleasure from these activities is ever evanescent or impermanent. It doesn't last. And yet, nevertheless, we get up and try to satisfy and find satisfaction through them every day. We all do this. Perhaps if we were so completely satiated or satisfied by these encounters, we wouldn't have the same strong feeling to repeat them and repeat the activity. The trouble with this is that it's a hamster wheel of pleasure, satisfaction, 
and dissatisfaction. And that hamster wheel of pleasure, satisfaction, and dissatisfaction is rather unsatisfying. This is what the philosophy and psychology of Buddhism understands leads to our suffering. The second noble truth says that our suffering is due to our attachment. The underlying cause to our attachment is our desire. It can be a desire for higher status, sexual gratification, wealth, popularity, comfort, food, and more possessions of all sorts, just to name a few. The third noble truth, you can end suffering. You can end your suffering by breaking your attachments to your baser egoic self. Nirvana was a great band, but the term nirvana means to extinguish the fire. Here you work to reduce your clinging desire and dependence on those things which don't better your life. And we do this through regular meditation practice. The fourth noble truth, end suffering by following the Eightfold Path. The Eightfold Path aims to improve your mental capabilities by practicing right mindfulness, right concentration, and right effort. The Eightfold Path aims to improve your ethical conduct by practicing right speech, right attention, and right livelihood. The Eightfold Path aims to improve your wisdom by practicing right view and right intention. So let's begin. Mental Capabilities Right mindfulness. Seeing the world clearly requires a person to allow the sense perceptions to be perceived but not thought about too much. Right mindfulness is about being able to be aware. To recognize our mind's tendencies to interpret, distort, and project meaning from our experiences. And we should work to limit this tendency when we can. The second part of our mental capabilities is right concentration. Right concentration is about developing your mind to focus solely on a single object and maintain that focus for an extended period of time. A person cultivates the right concentration through regular meditation practice. Next, we have right effort. And this simply means that you put in as much effort that is required to do what is needed that has great meaning for you. You put in as much effort as is needed 
to get the job done. The Eightfold Path aims to improve your wisdom by practicing right view and right intention. Right view. Right view sees the cause and effect of all occurrences, also referred to as karma. Right view does not simply rely on appearances. Right view means applying the four noble truths into your life, compassion, love, equanimity, and sympathetic joy. The vision to discern and recognize the temporary nature of ideas and objects. Right view does not align into ideology. It allows events to unfold and intuition to be experienced. Right intention is to become more conscious, a more conscious person with a self-improvement mindset. We humans are volitional creatures, able to make choice and choices, but that does not always mean we will exercise that choice. We may take the effortless route, allowing our base desires to guide our actions, which require little conscious thought. The person, moment by moment, in which they constantly choose the course of action of their life, this will in turn help them become the best possible version of themselves. This is right intention. The Eightfold Path aims to improve your ethical conduct by practicing right speech, right action, and right livelihood. Right speech. Right speech does not use malicious language when they can. (laughs) Does not use words to do unnecessary harm to others. Right speech means telling the truth and not speaking when you don't have anything to say. The Eightfold Path aims to improve our ethical conduct through right action as well. Right action refers to respecting people's property, not engaging in sexual behavior that harms others at a physical or emotional level, Right action does not unnecessarily kill other human beings or any other sentient creature. As you'll find, many Buddhists do not eat meat. The Eightfold Path aims to improve your ethical conduct by practicing right livelihood. What do we mean by this? Right livelihood means not earning your living by selling drugs, running prostitution, trading beings, and slavery.
the Eightfold Path. Equanimity and the Tao, the Middle Path. The Middle Path. Finding the Middle Path means not needing to suffer the consequences of any act. In terms of karma, it means how to avoid bad reactions of bad karma. Metaphysical cause and effect. Equanimity means learning to live in a way so that we don't swing like a pendulum oscillating back and forth from one drama to the next, creating disturbances in our lives that get in the way of our inner reflection. The middle path, equanimity and the Tao. It advises against relying on structures and belief systems that have been created by others as orthodox truth. Remember, ideologies ultimately remove us from direct experience of life and effectively cuts off our pathway to our intuition. The middle path requires us to develop an awareness of our ideology and of the physical forces that shape our world and direct events. Such forces direct us toward uniformity and operate uniformly at all levels, from the microcosm to the macrocosm. And these ideas uniformly operate in the universe and the minds and the lives of individual people. And we are tasked to use our attitude instead of our actions in the face of ideology and the downward pull of the group. If you want to influence others, guide instead of ruling, like Caesar. The idea here is to avoid taking action that will provoke counter-reactions. In nature, an excessive force in a particular direction tends to trigger growth of an opposing force, right? And therefore, in my opinion, force cannot be a basis for establishing an enduring social condition. With this knowledge, our perceptual process can become more finely tuned because they are based on an evolving reality, not orthodox thinking. Again, force, I do believe truly, cannot be a real basis for establishing an enduring social condition. You want to change the way people think, change their hearts, use your attitude instead of your action. 
love, compassion, respect, dignity, meaning, principles, sympathetic joy, I believe, and strongly as a way towards establishing and furthering an enduring social attitude and condition. As they say, attitude is latitude. Our goal is to act more in accordance with the world and not cause unnecessary suffering to others, to the world and ourselves. To help one another is at the heart of this practice and tradition. In Buddhism, karma is believed in strongly. That what you do on this earth reverberates. It's believed in a code of ethics to speak to others and speak to yourself with respect, to conduct your work in an ethical way as best you can, to act rightly, to not hurt each other sexually or unnecessarily murder or thieve. And Buddhists believe we can avoid these pitfalls through regular meditation practice. And ultimately, avoid the cycle of rebirth. The goal and the purpose of the practice of Vipassana meditation is to improve yourself out in the world and the relationship you have with yourself and others, or else the practice is not authentic. We want to improve and treat ourselves better and each other better. That is at the heart of the practice. It's extremely important to remember, folks, that I am by no means perfect. Anywhere near perfect. None of us are. As painful as this truth may be, it is the truth nonetheless. The most important part of the practice is to not accept anyone's explanation due to perceived authority. The Buddha clearly said, put no head above your own. Put no head above your own. Come and see. The teachings offered are a set of propositions for you to explore in yourself, not a set of dogmas you blindly accept. Do not rely on words and appearances. You must investigate and inspect them on your own. Only then can you be sure that these practices can actually supplement your life and add value to your life in a positive way. You must investigate and expect them on your own. As Marcus Aurelius said, nature gave us the resources to distinguish between true and false. And we neglect them. And now we can't tell the difference. 
thank you everyone so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Until next time, we are signing off. Have a great day or a great night. This is Janiah Sampson, and this is Janiah Sampson Live. Peace.